Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Great join. Good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of of the CEO, the show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful advisors in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And I'm sure you've heard the term, but I'll bet you don't know the courage and the value of the individuals behind it. The word is whistleblowers. These are those individual employees who refuse to sit idly by and let criminals, and yes, they are criminals, rob your government with a stroke of many pens. And today, we are going to pay these honest citizens tribute, and we're going to learn just how valuable the whistleblowing process is to maintaining our government and its finances. And best of all, we are going to learn the entire key tom, that's legal for whistleblowing, judicial process from super attorney Andrea Fisher, uh, who is a super attorney based in New York uh, and principal of the Fisher Legal Group, and she is leading the good fight. And Andrea is going to tell us what groups are committing, what kind of frauds and false claims against the government what the whistleblowers are doing, how much money is involved, and what dangers and rewards are for the whistleblowers themselves, and a, and a whole lot more. So whether you are a global talent recruiter seeking to bring the right kind of leadership to get major corporations on the right track, like Sharon, or you're a, a bill coder for a major hospital chain who refuses to bump up medical procedures to a more profitable level, like Lee, Pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Excuse me. Andrea, thanks so much for taking time away from grappling the demons and fraudsters to explain to us the vagaries of whistleblowing. Thanks so much, Bart. I was busy um, ironing my superhero cape. Um, oh yes, I, but I, yes. I took a break. As, as well you should. As well you should. And uh, actually, my client. Well, anyway. Yeah. Oh, very. Yes, I'm truly <laughs> impressed. Uh, see, there, there are, there are lawyers fighting on your side, from my friend. Anyway, Andrea, uh, your Fisher Legal Group handles what's termed uh, key Tom or whistleblowing cases, uh, pretty much as they apply to the cheating of our states and federal government. In other words, the companies and individuals who are trying to rob us taxpayers of their hard-earned cash. Is that right? That is absolutely correct, Bart. It's it's um, companies that have some type of government contract and are cheating, you know, either uh-huh. billing too much, um, not paying what they're supposed to pay. I mean, there's, you know, so many companies have contracts with the government, and um, frequently employees just don't know what to do when their bosses are cheating. And that's kind of where yeah. my cases come in. Yeah. People have said that my boss is, is cheating when he pays me my salary, but that's, uh, I guess that's another issue. <laughs> it's probably not legal there. Anyway, 
we're, we're talking big money here, though. I mean, as I understand it, in 1986, when Congress revamped the, when they revamped, uh, the False Claims Act, uh, it's an old one, the government, uh, with the help of uh, whistleblowers and attorneys like you, has recovered $56 billion in judgments and settlements, and this last year it was $3.7 billion from folks who made uh, these kinds of false claims. Could you give me a few examples of the kinds of crimes and claims uh, that people are trying to get away with? Sure. Well, um, as you can imagine, um, Medicaid and Medicare are huge um, government contracts because the federal oh, sure. government pays for Medicare, and the federal and state governments pay for Medicaid. So there's right. a, a huge amount of money out there, and it's easy, frankly, to cheat if you want to cheat. Um, so you'll right. have right. cases where um, hospitals are giving kickbacks to, do- kickbacks to doctors to um, refer patients to them, which they can't do. Uh, you'll have cases uh, where, you know, just in, just in an everyday doctor's office, you know, the medical coders are doing what's called upcoding a visit. So the doctor will see a patient for 15 minutes, and the coders are told, no, you have to bill for an hour, which is at a different reimbursement uh, rate. Right. You know, right, um, or, or other government contracts, construction, where they're billing the government um, for time and a half for hours that weren't spent at all, you know, just putting in just putting in uh, timesheets for hours that were never even spent. Um, mm. You know, it, any kind, anytime there's a government grant, that can be a whistleblowing case. So there, you're supposed oh. to only draw down on the grant when you've done X, sure. but they'll draw down on the grant, you know, for other reasons. I mean, there's, the, there's a lot of government If I got something from there. the Endowment of the yeah. Humanities or, or the Arts or Science, that, that would cover it. That'd be there. That'd be too, right? That's qualifies, if there, right? If there are gov- absolutely. So if the government is paying you for this podcast, you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's right. But my trouble is my board insists on paying me only what I'm worth, and I don't think anyone's going to live on that. But anyway, uh, Andrea, what, so, makes, yeah. what makes the government so popular a target? Is it just because they're so large or, or lax? Is that it, really? Well, it's actually a combination and I, and I don't actually really mean lack the, the problem is there's a huge amount of government money out there huge amounts of government yeah, money huge yeah. amounts of government contracts the government can't police every single contract like if you tell the government I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing under my contract they're generally going to have to take you at your word um, yeah, and that's yeah. actually the reason for the false claims act which, which is known as a private public partnership it's that individuals who see, and it's generally insiders, that the company that they're working for is cheating have incentive to turn them in um, for right. cheating. So it's, mm-hmm. that's where the whistleblower program comes in. The government can absolutely prosecute these cases on their own. Um, yeah, sure. And, and they frequently do, but uh-huh. the whistleblower piece of it is, um, literally where private individuals who want to do the right thing will come to a lawyer and say, you know, I work for X company and, you know, they are, they're cheating on their contract. And then we take it from there and they get a share of whatever the government gets back. They're so the whistleblowers. You know, there's the incentive for the whistleblowers. Correct. 
Okay. And actually, well, you just said. There, I, I'm sorry. Go I was going to say you just said relator slash whistleblower, and I wanted to point out that that's that's the same thing. A whistleblower, it, in the terms of this um, false claim act, is called a relator. So. Okay, that that, it's, it makes it nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure that when you yeah. explain that to somebody, that little legal gym costs about four hundred dollars. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm not uh, going to charge you. If, if you've, <laughs> well, anyway, we, I have to get my sensible head on here. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at two p.m. Eastern Time streams magically through the glittering and mightily misunderstood enigma of cyberspace, where you may listen and download. Uh, this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We are on many internet streams and live radio, but to get all the episodes, just visit theartoftheceo.com. And now, Andrea, you uh, said that, that these are people who, who are honest. Is there, uh, you've been through, you've dealt with hundreds of these folks. Uh, is there a profile? Is, is Are there common traits? Uh, what motivates them to risk really risk job loss and disfavor? Yeah. So it's interesting. They're, they're, I do tend to see a pattern with many of my clients. My clients are mm. usually really people who want to do the right thing. Um, I see. You know, they, they're, you're a controller working for a hospital, and they're, they're you know, billing their Medicaid and Medicare contracts um, inappropriately. You know, it's the kind of person that says, hey, you can't do that. We can't steal this money. Um, or, you know, even an individual doctor at a practice or someone who works uh, for some, a, a defense company. That's the kind of person, the kind of mm. person who says, you can't do it. And there's two different kinds of clients that I get, even within that general group of people who want to do the right thing. I have the people who okay. come to me before they've said anything to their boss about it or and say, what should I do? Or I have the people who come to me basically after they've spoken to their boss, and, un- and unfortunately, they tend to be marginalized after that, and they come to me, they're like, okay, oh, what do I do now? Um, because well, they are all right, now let's, jobs, let's just but, look at that for a moment. Yeah. Excuse me, but I, let's yeah. just look at that. Uh, suppose I, um, let's say I, uh, I work for a defense contractor, and mm-hmm. it is well known around the plant that uh, – my company um, bills for hours, not uh, not their per- for and gives services not performed, so they mm-hmm. can uh, collect more payment. And 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 I say, well, I'm not going to tolerate this. I, this is theft. Is my first best step to go lay my execute my, my accusations before my boss or a board member, or should I come directly to Andrea Fisher and get an experienced key time attorney? Well, I have to say, there's two different. They, the yield might be different if you speak to your boss first, which is what you would think you should yeah. do, right? You, you've been told, yeah, you've yeah. read the employee manual. They're like, hey, come talk to us if there's a problem. So if you speak to your <laughs> boss first and then you're marginalized or, frankly, even fired, uh, the KETAM Act, the False Claims Act, provides for a retaliation piece. So if you get retaliated against, for doing the right thing, you can actually recover for that. Um, but right, that right. being said, if you come to me before you speak to your boss, sometimes there's a way when working with the government that you're able to get more information because you're still on the inside. 
Um, but there won't be ah. a retaliation piece, obviously, there. But, yes, if you're still in it, yeah. the more information the government can get supporting your claim, the better. Um, uh-huh. So as long as it's information that you come across kind of in your ordinary course of business, the more you have, the better your case is going to be. But, you know, frequently people don't think when they're about to go into their boss's office to tell them they did the wrong thing, wait, I should talk to my lawyer first. That's okay because that's what the retaliation piece is for. You know, that's what part of the well, statute is geared for just that. So, I, I realize that, but I think most people yeah. would rather – uh, not not have to be retali- get a fee for retaliation. Correct. I'd rather avoid the retaliation Correct. to begin with. I assume. But now you, you talk about evidence. What what kind of evidence do you need? You're okay. Uh, I come to you and I say it is well known that we all cheat. Uh, <laughs> you know what what real <laughs> evidence do you need to 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 make it work? And and what's what's frivolous? Okay, so. It's not even real and frivolous. It's more um, good evidence versus you don't have much, like it's a he said, she said kind of thing. So I've had potential clients come in who say, um, I know that they're billing uh, a PA uh, for, uh, but they're billing, I'm sorry, a doctor's rate, but it's really a physician's assistant. Well, unless you're someone who is – inside and actually has access to those records and can kind of show, look, here's the doctor's schedule. The doctor was playing golf that day, and yet the doctor billed that day. That's great evidence. But if it's just Uh someone who kind of works in the office and has heard about it, that's not great evidence, you know. So it's really someone where the fraud kind of comes across their desk. You know, you're the you're mm. the billing person. You know, and you've been say, you love the told. company controller to be a right. whistleblower. Right, or something. right, yeah. exactly. So you're the person who literally has emails and texts um, from your boss saying, if someone comes in and spends more than four minutes, we bill for the hour. You know, right. and then you know shows okay, you how to yeah. do that. That's great evidence. That's fantastic evidence. But if you've just kind of heard about it and you're not really sure that's that's not going to get you very far and the government really doesn't have they'll look at every case at the beginning but they want to investigate cases where you've kind of laid it out in a pretty package for them like if you can do that then then they're going to go ahead and investigate you know i've had cases where they call me and say you know, can you speak to your client and ask your client, you know, what X person looked like who's in the office at four o'clock and where, you know, in what desk drawer information would be located? I mean, you know, it, it, it literally gets that specific. specific. So you really have to be someone with specific knowledge. So yeah, it does tend to buy, like you said, a controller. It's generally someone who, not just someone who's heard that there's wrongdoing going on, but someone who actually knows it and sees it and hopefully, you know, has documentation. Now, I'm not saying you should never take documentation that, like, you've stolen. You know, don't do that. That is bad. Okay, well, <laughs> but, now, wait a minute. I have, I, I have this documentation. It's on the company computer. If uh-huh. I print it out, uh, what's what am I? What do I do with it? Do, do, so can I email you a co- copy, a photocopy, mm-hmm. and send you a copy? Or, or what, what do I do with it? So... If it's on the company computer and it's something you have access to without hacking into the company computer, in other words, I like to say if it's something that legitimately comes across your desk during the course of a day, 
That's good information. You shouldn't be hunting through your boss's office, you know, for right, unlock, right. You know, uh, un- unlocking a file drawer. Um, because companies yeah, yeah. do, when they fight these things, you know, will make the argument that you have, you know, stolen company information. Broken an effort. Sure, sure. Those usually go away if it's, as long as it's legitimate, something that you saw legitimately during the course of business. And yes, of course, well, you're that make brings a up another point. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that brings up another point. If it comes across my desk and it's my department, and I'm uh, in the billing department, and and people are, uh, and the billing people are uh, complying with this fraud, uh, mm-hmm. am am I? Uh, Am I do I do I have something to worry about that I'm going to be scooped up in the net when uh, when they right. have, when, when things come down here? It's an excellent question. Normally, unless you are kind of the person orchestrating the fraud, the government the government's not generally going to go after you know low to mid level employees. Like you're just doing this to keep right. your job. You're not the mastermind. Right. And in fact, when they figure out the relator's share, which we'll talk about, that's one of the factors. Like. If you orchestrated the fraud, you're not getting a relator share. But if you if you just Gee, kind of ran along with it to keep your job, you know, you're getting Gee, paid off. Hardly, this hardly seems fair. You mean I can't report my own crime, get off scot-free, and get a reward? Oh, boy, that, you know, that hardly seems fair. It's hard to believe, right? Not fair. Yeah. But, yes, you know, the fact that they actually have to say that shows that there are clearly people – who think about it? You know, hey, that's what not a bloody hotspot. I'm sorry, that that is that is out bloody rageous. That's terrible. I think right. people like that should have large chains put around their neck, like Marley and Scrooge. God. Anyway, <laughs> if, all right. Now wait, Andrea. If a listener thinks that that uh, she has discovered some fraudulent activity mm-hmm. within her company and uh, and she's considering taking that brave-hearted step. How how might they get in touch with the Fisher Legal Group? Oh sure. Well, my website is www.fisher. That's F is in Frank, I S is in Sam, C H E R legalgroup.com, and my phone number is two one two five one nine eight six one zero. So, okay. and there's always someone answering the phone. Uh, right. So don't so just yell help in the middle in of their office. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh-huh. I need Andrea. And best to do it. Best probably not to do it on the company line uh, on speakerphone you know, or something. That is excellent advice, Bart. Yes, I, I haven't <laughs> had to give my clients that advice, but that is very good advice. No, I generally right. get kind of the whispered phone calls from you know out in the car oh, in the parking lot or you know the bathroom uh, in the office. You know, which I don't recommend, by the way. Don't call me from the bathroom in the office for many. Yeah, I was going to say, do you meet people like 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 do you <laughs> do you find Bob Woodward in the same in the same parking garage? Anyway, exactly, um, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> old review. Anyway, so after this rich and insightful diet of corruption's downfall that Andrea has been so cogently uh-huh. serving unto us, I believe it's time to truly take a brief survey and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. 
And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you take a sincere look at your personal principles and see what path they're leading you down? Or will you continue to float adrift on a sea of reaction and expediency? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. And today we are selecting one. I am pulling it out here as we speak. Okay, here's one, here's one. This will fit. Why is it that the corporate heads who whine most about, quote, getting the government off our backs, seem to be the ones spending most of their money putting politicians in their pockets? What do you think, Andrea? Is it uh, the ones who uh, are getting the most out of government that are the biggest complainers? You know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with yes. We have, you know, large Uh, corporations that will say, you know, too much government regulation. You know, I see it. And then then, um, they're spending an enormous amount of money to lobby to make sure that when they do, in fact, run afoul of these government regulations, that they don't get in trouble for it. Um, and right, I, yeah. I see that all the time in my business. You know, uh, what do you what do you mean? I'm a poor little hospital. I can't afford to pay. I can't yeah. afford to pay yeah, that, right. those damages. You know, I have, I have children to put through college and lobbyist children to put through college. Yes, right. anyway, exactly. God. Exactly. God. Anyway, uh, you know, in my own afterthought on this, uh, yes, there are companies that spend more on lobbying than product. But, you know, conversely, most business leaders fail to legally take advantage of their legislators. And I, I mean, so, you know, before you need a favor, why not gain access, meet with your legislators, state and federal, and find out the legal benefits that they can provide. Um, anyway. If you smirked a bit over this quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips, and you will find your wit steeped conversations filled with ready barbs and bon mots that your superiors may even mistake for wisdom if you're lucky. <laughs> anyway, as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, what is the name of the individual who said, quote, legislation and case law still exists in some parts of the United States permitting the passion shooting by a husband of a wife? The reverse, of course, is called homicide. <laughs> and I, I don't know where that one came from, but those words were spoken by none other than Diane Shoulder, the, the 1970s fighting American attorney who helped lift the nation's dangerously restrictive abortion laws. So stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way comes yet another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's info at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to veteran business whistleblowing attorney Andrea Fisher, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, who is inviting you to take good scrutiny over their latest volume. And this is a a gem of a guide. It's called CEO of Yourself. 
Uh, it's really a volume about getting down to the business of your more rewarding life. Uh, let me just ask you, my friend, who's making your life choices? Are you directing the enterprise of you, or have you fallen into default mode? Is your uh, governance bringing you the more fulfilling life that you just know lies out there? Well, CEO of Yourself helps you discover your many marvelous assets and employ them toward goals that are going to bring you a, a sense of mastery and, frankly, a lot more fun. Uh, I've, I've, I must say, I've, I've got a little caveat here. The CEO of your CEO of yourself is not for the lazies and it's not for the weaklings. It makes you stand up using the model of chief executing officer. It makes you form such things as principles, forge your own character, sculpt yourself into that effective person you want to be. And if you've got that kind of fire in your belly and that desire to, for the exhilarating life, then you go for it, my friend. You pick up a copy of CEO of Yourself. Just visit BartsBooks.com and grab it now. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. And now, with our utensils in hand, let's return to New York Super Attorney, Ms. Andrea Fisher, head of the Fisher Legal Group and masterful veteran of whistleblowing litigation. Now, Andrea... This isn't all Sir Lancelot <clears throat> battling forces of evil with no thought or reward. There's, there's uh, the individual blowing this whistle can expect a not too shabby share of the funds recovered, as you've mentioned. Uh, what kind of percentages uh, might the whistleblower hope to walk away with? That is a great question, Bart. And um, as one of my former partners said, was we try to do well by doing good. So. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, Love it. Uh, so the government takes your case, meaning the government either settles the case or um, takes it to trial. You are entitled to right. between 15 and 25% of the government's recovery. So even in a small right. case, you know, and a small case for the government is $5 million, let's say. Okay. You know, that's right, at, yeah. at 20%, you're going to get a million dollars. Um, in, in a I, case that's I, I could face some disfavor from the boss for that. Yeah. Exactly. Go ahead. In a case where the <laughs> government says, for whatever reason, you know what, we're not going, we're not interested in this case either. There's not enough evidence. We don't have enough resources, um, or it's just it's just not something we're interested in right now. We're trying to make a point in a different oh. area. I mean, there's many reasons the government right. won't go forward with the case. Um, right. If you and your attorney go forward with the case, you are then entitled to between 25% and 30% of, of the government's recovery. So now I just want to get this right, that, that you can, even if the government uh, doesn't get go behind you, uh, because mm -hmm. the whistleblower is, in effect, suing the uh, offending company, the defendant, in behalf of the government. But the government Correct. may not... Well, may say no, but you could, you and your attorney can still go ahead and, and bring the suit, correct? Exactly, exactly. The government ah. statistically, the, um, I think, intervenes, which is when the government kind of takes it to the end, in only about 22% right. of these cases. Um, oh. You know, and a lot okay. of the cases just go away, but there are cases where the, you know, the whistleblower relator feels like they have enough evidence and their attorney feel so that they feel like they can go forward with the case, you know, without the government being the one to, to, to prosecute it. And again, that's when, that's when your share goes up to be between 25 and 30%. Um, and well, it's the, a persistent the share, share, exactly. The shares, I would say probably 
realistically hover around, you know, between 17 and 19% is probably what a whistleblower can expect to receive. Okay. Um, but right. you know, that's, that's literally just me thinking off the top of my head. I haven't, I, I'm not looking okay. at statistics yeah. right now with that. Uh, that's just my, okay. that's well, my that, gut. That makes yeah. sense. But now if, uh, the, um, uh, I, as I understand it, I've heard you say that, that you, you always warn your clients that they should not become a whistleblower in hope of obtaining next month's rent. I mean, these cases drag on for, at best, many months and more typically several years, right? Oh, it's not even – I wouldn't even say many months to several years. I would say two years to five years to eight years. It's not – this oh, is my. not what you should be banking on. Yeah, if you're if you're like I, I desperately need money, I'm going to bring a ketam case. If you desperately right, need right, money tomorrow, yeah. a ketam you give blood. The ketam case isn't gonna isn't going right. to do it. The the um, it's something that you should think about more as I want to do the right thing. You know, I think people are being, you know, the the taxpayer has been taken advantage of. Maybe even people are being hurt by it. It's not right that they're doing this, and I'd like to get a reward for doing this. If you think of it more okay. that way, um, you know, two and a half years from now, you may have a very, you know, lovely um, surprise. <laughs> but okay. that's, that's kind of the way you have to think about it. It can't be what you're banking on to pay rent. No. Okay. Well, I, I, we're, we're coming to the end, but I did want to just get, get into, we, you've touched on it lately, uh, a little yeah. bit, the idea of protection. That is, mm-hmm. in theory, am I right, that you, you or by law, uh, you cannot be fired for blowing the whistle. Do, uh, the, what happens in practice? Do people get fired? Do they quit? How does it work out? So what I find frequently is even if someone doesn't get, free, people do, unfortunately, get fired for blowing the whistle. But that being said, even when they don't um, get fired for it, they frequently get um, marginalized at work. So when I, when I talk right. to them about it and they say, well, yes, either I got demoted or no one in the office is talking to me, you can get a recovery for that. Even if you don't get outright fired, oh. you know, you've oh. been retaliated against, mean, meaning your employment yeah. has somehow suffered as a result of you doing the right thing. Um, you can still, you know, you can get a recovery from the defendant for that. And I, I frequently have cases where there's a retaliation piece. And basically what happens is after the government wraps up its, you know, its numbers, you then negotiate directly with the defendant for the numbers on the retaliation piece. And that's, it's not employment law, but it's pretty close because it's, you know, okay, I, I, I just want people to know that. And I did, yeah. uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I just have one more question I absolutely have to sure. ask. What did You have a fabulous story about what got you into being a whistleblowing attorney at <laughs> the very beginning. Could you just quickly give us that story? This is great. Sure, very quickly. So I had a former partner who had been doing health care fraud with the U.S. Attorney's Office, and he explained to me, you know, the KETAM Act, I'm sorry, the False Claims Act and how it worked, and it sounded very interesting to me, but I had never come across one of these cases. And then one day I was visiting my parents, and my father sort of telling me this very, very long story about how 
um, a pharmacy was cheating Medicare uh, for his medications, essentially charging like $900 a pill instead of $50 a pill. And frankly, normally I don't usually listen to my dad, but I said, wait a minute. <laughs> well, tell me that story again. And he told me the story again. And that actually became my first successful whistleblower case was uh, my dad was You're a client. You're kidding. So, so you, you, you took your dad. Your dad wasn't. I took Your my dad dad's not even case. a member, but you took him out, and 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 you won, right? I w- we won, which by the way is very unusual. It's usually an insider. It's not usually. I mean, he was a Medicare recipient, you know. And yeah, we yeah, won the case. Here. Yeah, yeah. He was oh he gosh. was very upset that that the pharmacy wasn't even cheating him. Was cheating the government, you know, because he was on Medicare. His government, his, money. Was his government. His. His government, exactly. And right. he right. made a lot of noise, and, and he has a condo in Florida now. <laughs> well, you had the right kind of father, and he's obviously raised the right kind of daughter. And i got to say, I'm glad that you're both there and fighting on our side. And, Andrea, thanks so much for coming on. We, we, we'd love, sometime we've got to have you back to go into some specific whistleblowing cases. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're absolutely good, and, and there, there must be some marvelous companies we can embarrass. Uh, and <laughs> I think it would be, it'd be a lot of fun. So thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much, Bart. It was, it was my pleasure. All right. So Bye-bye. as we round out today's Feast of Wisdom, I am Bart Jackson your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with uh, today's business quotation. Who was it who said, we could have saved the earth, but we were too damn cheap? (laughs) Hint, this purportedly fiction, this writer penned Slaughterhouse-Five and employed gallows humor to show just how we hang ourselves. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life and career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune in to the Art of the CEO radio show next week as we chat with the nation's foremost immigration authority, attorney Michael Wilde's author of Safe Haven in America and get set for some thoughtful, thoughtful wisdom. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, American children have Disneyland. Our corporate scoundrels have Dubai. The rest of us have to make do with reality. And to you, gleefully sharing our feast today, I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO as much as Andrea and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows at the art, by visiting theartofthecEO.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, uh, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.